Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right. Well, yesterday we began talking about this issue of social justice in the studio. Today I have Russ Herman and Phil Moran, and, and all of us kind of talked about from the different perspective um, that we're coming from this uh, subject matter from. If you missed the, the broadcast, just go to the Gospel for Life um, in your iTunes store and you can find it. But I think one of the difficulties about talking about this movement um, from the get-go is, is twofold. First of all, when we're talking about the social justice movement, it uses um, some very familiar terms in very unfamiliar ways. And then secondly, it, it introduces very many unfamiliar terms. Um, in fact, while I was researching for this uh, broadcast, I came across brand new glossaries on the internet um, that have tried to keep up with this ever-growing movement. So let's just start with this, this first term, social justice. And brothers, I was in the studio here a couple years ago with another pastor, and, th- and that term social justice came up. And kind of naively, I said, well, I'm all for social justice um, because – as Christians, we should all fee- be for biblical justice, and that should be applied in the social sphere. So I said, I'm all for that. Um, and, and what Christians shouldn't be for social justice, so I thought. But that is is not really what this term means at all anymore in our culture today. So here is um, the definition of social justice according to William Young. Um, and uh, this is what he says. This is what social justice has come to mean. Social justice is the state redistribution of advantages and resources to disadvantaged groups to satisfy their right to social and economic equality. So, can There's you There's a us? UN report that says social justice may be broadly understood as the fair and compassionate distribution of the fruits of economic growth. The fair and compassionate distribution And then it went on to say, social justice is not possible without strong and coherent redistributive policies conceived and implemented by public agencies. Mm. That's two different sources then. Yes. That's the UN. That was the UN. So can you help us understand what this means? Well, let me me first of all give give the disclaimer, and and Josh, you already said it. I mean... um, when, when you first hear, very often, when you first hear the term social justice, you think, well, who could be against that? Right. Uh, that's, we're, we're, all, we're all for justice, and we're all for applying it in society. We're required to. Micah 6, yeah, 8 absolutely. says, he has told you, oh man, what is good, and what the, does the Lord require of you, but to do justice. So if we don't do justice, then we're sinning. Yeah, let me, well, let me read another scripture. This is from Isaiah chapter 1. Um, beginning with verse 16, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, 
correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Uh, that's a theme that we see throughout Scripture, uh, that God takes the side of the powerless and uh, that God advocates uh, for justice, for fair treatment, uh, and particularly for those who are left out, uh, for those who are, who are powerless. Um, <clears throat> where, where, I, where I guess, and we're going to get a little bit ahead here, but what this brings up when, as Christians think about what is justice and as Christians think about, well, let's ask the question first, what has gone wrong with the world? What has gone wrong with the human race? And um, that's really what we're getting at. The, the, the definitions of social justice that you guys just read assume that something has gone wrong, mm-hmm. that something is amiss. And the Bible assumes that too. Uh, and the, the question then becomes, what is it that's gone amiss and how is it remedied? Now, I hope, Josh, I'm not getting too far ahead no. of where you wanted to go with nope. this show. You're good. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, I'm just going to raise that question and let one of you guys, I've, I've teed it up for you. Well, I, I think we need to, to just continue to just hone in on, on this definition of the state redistribution of advantages and resources to disadvantaged groups to satisfy their right to social and economic equality. There's a lot in there mm-hmm. that should should raise red flags um, for a, a, a Christian. And all of this under the umbrella that as a Christian, you you have to be about justice. It's a sin to be unjust. It is a sin to be unjust. And it, it is so contrary to the, the character of God. If, you're, if you don't feel passionately about justice, it means that you have really never opened your Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. The Old Testament is, is a beautiful, beautiful uh, just resource for what does justice look like? Mm-hmm. What does it mean for the child of God to imitate a just God? That's right. So I don't ever want anybody to hear that we're not for justice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would I, not tolerate can I, that can I draw, accusation. Can I draw a parallel maybe? Yes, please. So um, one of the things that's difficult about talking to um, our Mormon neighbors, for instance, is they use a lot of the same words that we use. They'll use words like grace and Christ and sin even. And the difficulty is, is we mean diametrically opposed things to those same words. You said off air, Phil, that we have the same vocabulary as them, but a different dictionary as them. I think that's, I think that's true. And so we would, we would reject the LDS view of grace. We would reject the LDS view of Christ. We would reject the LDS view of sin. But we don't reject the biblical views of those same terms. And so when we're, when we're talking against the social justice movement here, we're not talking against biblical justice. We're talking, about, uh, talking against the definition that has been um, used now for that particular term. And when you look at that definition and the, the redistribution of wealth, sometimes people will say, well, isn't that what the early church was about? Weren't they doing that? And, and I think they're referring to Acts 2, where we read, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every 
soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved mm-hmm. yeah now i think a couple things to note here i mean if we're going to do um, true biblical exegesis we have to to figure out what's going on here and what's going on here is this is talking about the church the church family the church community believers that were together and what you have is the voluntary selling of possessions to share with those within the church community that were in real need and they were meeting the real needs this is meaning that there were those that didn't have food that didn't have shelter that were without they weren't without the the status quo of the world in which they lived they were out without the basic necessities of life for survival. And there were those that had material blessings within the congregation that said, wait a minute, I see a brother or sister in need. I can meet that need by selling what I have and redistributing some of that to those that actually have legitimate needs. Mm -hmm. Right Now, was that a command? Were they forced to sell? No. No. And if you read the rest of the New Testament, you don't find that this is the norm of how church life went forward. This particular instant is a narrative that's telling us what the church did, not what they were required to do, not because of some command of Scripture. So this is not the (laughs) the foundational piece that says, oh, if you're a real Christian, you're going to redistribute wealth to everybody that has need and i mean that doesn't even work with the passage because they weren't redistributing wealth to everybody in need they were redistributing their own personal wealth that they freely gave for a brother and sister in christ mm-hmm. a lot of difference there mm-hmm. yeah um as, as you talk about that uh, russ it reminds me <clears throat> martin luther once said there are three conversions necessary the heart the mind and the pocketbook uh, and what you see there in the book of Acts is people who had converted pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. They, their whole self, including the resources that God had trusted to them, were all submitted to Christ. And so generosity just naturally flowed out of that. It didn't, it didn't have to be coerced. In fact, if you read on there in the book of Acts, beyond, beyond what you read, you come... Uh, to the it, it tells about Barnabas, who sold a field that he owned, in order to give assistance to those in the in the church family that were in need. His name means son of encouragement. Uh, Barnabas, and 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 it fits. Well, there was a couple that saw that, and they saw the attention uh, that came to Barnabas because of that. Their names were Ananias and Sapphira, and so you may the listener may remember. Uh, what happened with them, they sold a property, brought part of the proceeds, said that they brought the whole thing, and um, brought it to to Peter and made a great show of it. And Peter rebuked them, what have you done? You know, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. 
And both of them, both Ananias and Sapphira, dropped dead under under judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a it, it's a, 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 a bracing moment in the story of the early church. Um, but Peter makes very clear, and, and I'm not this. I'm paraphrasing the text. <coughs> but Peter makes very clear to them, you didn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You you didn't have to sell this property. It was yours. It was yours. You, you, you no nobody twisted your arm, no higher authority, but you did it and lied to the Holy Spirit about it. Mm-hmm. And now there's going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. And but but that's just that's just underlining what, what Russ was saying. Uh, this is in the in the context of the early church. Uh, what's th- this communal sharing of resources? It's entirely voluntary and flowing out of a heart that's been converted and is under the lordship of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, for the last minute, let's just quickly connect this to the gospel. Why are we talking about this? Why does this matter? How does this threaten Christianity itself? Um, in that definition, social justice is, again, the state redistribution of advantages and resources to disadvantaged groups to satisfy their right to social and economic equality. So with that definition right there, you can see two things. First of all, it distorts sin, because as you were talking about, Phil, what's wrong with the world? Well, there's disadvantaged groups, there's groups that are oppressed, there's groups that don't have equal share of property. And then what is the, what is the gospel in this worldview? Well, the gospel is that the state comes in and acts as God and redistributes wealth at its, at its whim. And, and that is a, Jesus Christ is no longer the answer to our society problems. It's the state is. And, and this, is, this is really a, um, a re-identification. And it really doesn't get at the heart of why there are disadvantaged groups. There right. are disadvantaged groups. Yep. Yes. But yep. the underlying cause or the solution is not redistribution. Yep. It's addressing the, the, the heart issues and the, the, the fallenness that creates some of the sinful disadvantage that exists. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will continue this uh, conversation tomorrow. See you next time. 